0: This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero safely on your iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys and seed. And by XMR.to. Anonymously exchange your Monero into Bitcoin and seamlessly send Monero to any Bitcoin address. Go to XMR.to or use it right in your Cake Wallet. Cake Wallet and XMR.to are trusted and verified by the Monero community. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. This week on Monero Talk, Douglas Tuman participates in CryptoMood's Privacy and Cryptocurrency Panel Discussion, alongside Palki, a Grin contributor, Crypto C, who specializes in governance at Pivx, and host of CryptoMood, Alex. The four of them discuss how privacy is a fundamental right and is a never-ending civilian struggle, the downfall of the technology of Bitcoin, and government regulation. They also discuss where and how these technologies draw the line on what should be considered private, at what point should investigating bodies jump in, and where things are going in their respective privacy-focused projects in comparison to their original ideals. Monero Talk starts now. First, a quick update on Doug's run for U.S. Congress. An independent pollster is saying that Doug is only a few points behind. With your support, we can close the gap and put a true cryptocurrency advocate in Congress. Please consider donating by check, credit card, Venmo, PayPal, or cryptocurrency at DouglasToonman.com. A donation of any size will greatly help us scale up our grassroots campaign and cause one of the biggest underdog victories in all of the U.S. congressional races. Monero Talk really starts now.
1: My name is Alex, and today I will be your host. Uh, We're going to be talking about privacy coins and the trends around the industry, uh, specifically concerning privacy. Now, in front of me here uh, are some specialists in the area, and because it's a privacy meetup, I don't know anything about them. So I'll just allow them to introduce themselves, and uh, I would just suggest uh, anybody who feels ready to jump in, and then uh, we'll just follow up on that. Anybody who wants to go ahead and be the first one. Maybe you're muted, uh, John.
2: Yeah, there you go. So uh, I'm a green contributor. Um, I hope you know what green is, but it's a privacy coin. We'll talk about it uh, more later. Anyway, I'm a contributor, but not a developer. I uh, recently started doing uh, documentation for the project. And I'm nobody, that's what I am. I like to work on green.
1: (laughs) Thank you, John. Who's next? I'll jump in.
2: Uh, Sorry, I just uh, wanted to mention, I'm not John. My name is Pauki, that's how people know me in the green community.
3: Good to know, thank you. Nice to meet you, Pauki. My name is uh Doug Tooman. I'm the host of Monero Talk. So uh, I'm a Monero enthusiast. Uh, I've been involved in Monero for well, I guess I guess I won't I won't tell you guys, right? That would that would be uh against the the ethos of Monero. Uh but it started off as as a Bitcoin guy. I'm not I'm not a super old school Bitcoin guy. I got involved in like late 2013, uh, went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, and uh I saw Bitcoin's lack of privacy uh, as being a, a vital flaw, and I, 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 I fell in love with Monero and been following it ever since. Um, my day job is completely unrelated to crypto. I'm the commissioner of engineering for the town of Hempstead. It's a very large municipality. It's, one of the, large, it's the largest town in the United States of America. And then uh, I'm also I'm running for U.S. Congress in New York, in New York's fourth congressional district. Uh, Monero is, is not a major uh, discussion point. Most, pe- most of my constituents don't really uh, care about crypto, uh, but uh, on a national level, uh, I, it's certainly a major concern of mine. And in real brief, I, I, I integrated into my platform as saying, uh, I see Monero as the tool that will preserve uh, our liberties in the digital age. So that, that's my quick intro there. Thank you, Douglas. And our last
1: guest, it's your turn.
4: Hello, I'm uh, Cryptosi. I work with PIVX. Um, I generally specialize in governance. Um, I'm not a developer also, but I do like to boss developers around and get on their nerves, which is uh, which is great fun. Um, PIVX is obviously a, a privacy project. We've been around for a while. I've personally been in crypto uh, about as long as our friend from Monero, late 2012. Um I had a strange route into privacy, actually, whereby I first initially got into Bitcoin and I didn't really see there was any governance there. So I was kind of worried about how the direction goes. This was kind of pre the whole scaling debate and big blocks and little blocks. Um, Then I went into Dash, which was also a privacy coin, but I went there for the for the masternodes and the uh, and the governance and the budget. Dash made a pivot. They pivoted away from privacy towards usability. I think they probably made the right choice. I think they made it possibly in the wrong way. Um, and that's when I got involved with Pivex. Um, and our main focus is to keep hold of privacy, um, not just to have it and then pivot away. But yeah, that's that's me. I'm C, And I guess we'll speak more about Pivex later.
1: Thank you for jumping in. Well, today's talk is going to be an interesting one, I'm I'm definitely sure that Uh, we have people who have been in the industry for quite a while and, of course, maybe have started off like many of us as a Bitcoin enthusiast, but have seen the downfalls of uh, the technology and have pivoted to something else uh, as a result. Uh, We're also noticing that a lot of corporations around the world right right now are jumping into the financial sphere. proving that those organizations are just looking uh, for as many tools as possible to grab your personal information and just have every, every data point possible and know something about you. Now, living in a world where we know privacy is a fundamental right, but at the same time, we see regulation completely going against that. How do we feel going forward from here? We want privacy, and many people could agree with us, publicly or not publicly, uh, we know that it's a right, but then we see regulations going in the direction that's not the one that protects these rights. How do you guys feel about how currently the situation is developing around privacy coins? Pauki would like maybe to jump in or?
2: Yeah, so in my opinion, privacy is a never ending struggle uh we had cash for a long time it's becoming now irrelevant as more of the world is uh, going online and it's just privacy it's never it never will be in the interest of the big institutions and it's sort of like this one of these civil struggles we always have to be on the edge of your toes to keep it going that's what that's what i think And I think uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, they are not going there and they will never be. And uh, we need, we need to keep on our toes in some other ways, which will become increasingly relevant as cash becomes irrelevant. And as the transparent properties of these blockchains are more used and are more abused by governments and by individuals and businesses, and they will be more abused as time goes, and we need to be ready for that. That's what I think.
1: Anybody else wants to jump in here with their view of where things are going um, and compared to where we want them? Why do you think that is happening?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in here. So. Um, like I said, sort of running for Congress, U.S. Congress, it's, it's one of my motivations is to uh, make sure we, we do start to better protect these technologies. Uh, ultimately, I'm a, I'm a cypherpunk, I guess you'd say, at heart um, or a crypto anarchist. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, the idea isn't to rely on the fact that governments will provide these, these, these rights to us but rather to build technologies that will preserve it for us. Um, And so that's why I'm a big Monero advocate. Uh, I know, you know, Grin I'm sure has, uh, you know, a similar ethos and agenda, but the idea is that the technology itself will be able to sustain itself. And it's not about governments allowing people to use these things. It's about these technologies being unstoppable. Uh, And ultimately then I think the question becomes, uh, whether or not you think that's a good thing. And obviously, I do. I mean, I think at a very basic level, it comes down to do you think there, there's, there's more you know good in the world than evil, right? I mean, that, that's why the, the Internet itself leads to good things overall, not bad things, right? It's, it's this uh, technology that uh, improves people's ability to communicate in ways never imagined. Uh, it kind of democratizes a lot of things. But ultimately, because uh, people are generally good... It, it leads to good things. So I think um, it's important for us to currently try to put protections in to allow these technologies to continue to flourish. Uh, that's why, you know, like I said, it's one of the reasons why I'm running. You don't really hear people talking about it on the floor of Congress at all yet. They're talking about Bitcoin, uh, but then the default always becomes, well, don't worry about Bitcoin. Ultimately, it's traceable. So like when the hard questions are asked on the floor of Congress, well, what are we going to do if terrorists use it? Oh, don't worry. It's completely traceable. We'll, 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 we'll find those terrorists. Nobody's really talking about the technologies like Monero and Grin where the hard questions need to be answered. And I do think they're, they're, the answer then wouldn't be don't worry, it's traceable. It's be, well, let's not worry about it because this technology is fundamentally important. And we need these technologies to preserve our privacy, and more so, I think ultimately what it's preserving, like I said before, is our liberty and our individuality. I think that's what it really boils down to. Uh, we're, you know, we're heading in a direction where, like you said, all this technology is so easily surveilled, and we have these siren servers like Google and Facebook that are collecting all our information. Uh, and ultimately, what that's going to lead to, if we if we don't somehow thwart it, is, uh, you know. Big government and big corporations eating away at us as individuals. Uh, now not allowing us to be, uh, you know, our, our, our own uh, free free willed people. So it's it's a really dangerous road that we're going down, and uh, that's why I'm an advocate for things like Monero and crypto. And I ultimately don't think it's about uh, worrying about the regulation so much but making sure that these technologies are built in a way that they that they can't be stopped.
4: Uh, Yeah, I I couldn't really agree more, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I think for me, with privacy and how things are developing now, it's um, it's a question of not only acknowledging that we're in the phase now where there is an open and pretty obvious attack on uh, privacy projects. Um, I think it's more about realizing how the attacks are forming and how they're coming against us and how we're going to be able to um, pivot in a way that we can keep these projects alive and keep on um, expanding upon them, improving upon them and having better iterations. One of the ways in which uh, privacy does get attacked is through centralized um, bottlenecks like exchanges, for example. I guess I'm not sure about Grin. I know for a fact PIVX, we've been held back as far as exchanges go um, as long as I've been with the project. Um, The same would go for Monero. So what we end up doing, um, I'm not sure if our friend from Monero is aware of this, but I'm also a contributor to another project uh, called Meros. And what they've done recently is they've produced a piece of software called um, ASMR, which allows atomic swaps with Meros. Now, I think it's through these types of um synergies where people within the industry work together and not only have, say, a champion of a particular project. For example, I also own Monero, I I also own Zcoin. I'm I'm very uh, bullish on Zcoin, I'm very bullish on Zcash. Um, it's that we all work together and we realize that we're gonna have to at some point and in some ways kind of put our tribalism maybe a little bit to the side where other areas of crypto don't have to, the guys in DeFi, they don't really have to worry about that because they're not being attacked in the ways we are. So if we can get things like atomic swaps so that we don't have to rely on exchanges, if we can make sure that we are using maybe not all the same protocols, but if we're using similar protocols and and we're making sure that our developers are are up to scratch with using the protocols and the cryptographers are looking at the cryptography, I think that the attacks are not so much not so critical as they would be, and they won't finish us off. I also think going back to what I said originally about my my transition into privacy projects through Dash, is that for our projects, it will always be easy for us to be ushered down another road. Uh, like the, the, the hopefully soon to be congressman said, if, if when the question is asked, what they will say is, well, why don't you just put the privacy down? Why don't you do something else? And I think um, it's important that we don't, PIVX itself, we have a manifesto, and the first line of the manifesto is that privacy is a non-negotiable right. Um, we deliberately didn't add human to that. We didn't say it was a human right because we didn't want it to be something which can be argued away at a political level. Because to us, it transcends politics. It transcends all of that. It's a question of it's my right to interact with another person, and I could care less. Um, and that's, that's how it feels for me personally. I get it will be different for people around the world, but in the UK where we have the Snoopers Charter, we have a million and one surveillance cameras on every single corner. It's uh, It really is something that I feel that we have to stay very stubborn on. We have to make sure that we keep our uh, privacy and we keep on building.
1: Thank you all for this insightful comments. I honestly can't agree more and even if we look at examples currently in the political world of tools such as the dollar being used against other governments, right? So there's a financial instrument being used to block actual development of a country or, you know, the potential of that country to negotiate and trade with other countries. I see see like the privacy regulations coming in are kind of doing that on an individual level. So they would not allow you to have your own, you know, personal development path that you don't necessarily need to communicate to others and record somewhere else uh, for everybody to know what you're doing, right? Uh, So it's kind of also governments perhaps going in a direction of being, having the tool to control you specifically, for you not to be able to spend on specific things, just preventing you from going to certain areas of even like cities. Imagine like being blocked uh, to such an extent that your wallet is not usable. Uh, in, in certain geographies, even uh, even to that far. Uh, I, see, I just see it going in, in such a direction. And because of that, it's very... It's still, I, I believe there needs to be protection, and there needs to be some kind of mechanisms. And where do you guys draw the line between what should be privacy, what should be identity protection, and at what point crime investigating bodies should jump in and flag things happening? So uh, when when there is... When does this uh, pattern of uh, suspicious transactions or a certain value threshold uh, reached? So, a certain thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. When do you think there should be triggers that actually come in place to check? Wait, is this anti? Is this money laundering? Is this paying? For, you know, human trafficking. Um, is there a line where you think? Okay, until until this line, you know, we can keep everything absolutely private, no one should dig in, but above a certain threshold it should become public or everything should be absolutely
2: private. Mm -hmm.
1: What do you guys think?
2: So probably no congressman on the floor of the Senate or the House of Representatives will agree with with me here, perhaps besides our friend here who will soon join them. But uh, I think that our payment system, our medium of exchange our money which is basically the most neutral thing you have ever right because all you do half your life is you spend it on transferring it to another to another form of value right that that form of that uh, system has to be completely neutral and i believe that what you say is uh, doesn't have a place at all, doesn't matter if it's $10,000 or a $1,000,000. Uh, criminal activities need criminal investigations. And criminal investigations should not be uh, through financial systems, which are supposed to be completely neutral. And that's really the only way to keep, keep our freedom over the long term, because money is everything in our life, it's literally everything.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, philosophically, I, I would tend to, you know, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think mo- uh, money is speech, you know, uh, I, you know, I think Monero is free speech money. You know, uh, I see it's really just um, it's a communication protocol, really, um, and it's, it's being used for, for transferring value. Um, And it's really kind of the most important form of of speech that you need to protect. I mean, where you put your money is where where you put really put your power and your influence. Uh, It's even more vital than than words themselves. Right. Uh, You know, so it's it's very it's essential that, uh, you know, this technology exists for people to um, freely be able to choose how they uh, how they essentially um, influence uh, uh, the things around them, right? I mean, it's, 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 I see it as speech, speech and thought itself, right? So money is just kind of the the way we're currently, uh, you know, doing it in society. So, uh, traditionally it's, you know, with cash and, and, you know, further back with gold, there, there really, uh, there really weren't any easy means of tracing it. Um, these rules that governments put in place for wanting to know, you know, how much money, uh, you know, at certain thresholds. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's once again, I think I think that the goal here should be building a technology where that kind of kind of becomes moot. Um, And, you know, I think that's what crypto is doing. Um, And then we then just have to talk about why overall that's going to lead to to better things. I think, you know, if we have the seamless system of. Where 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 essentially value can flow throughout the globe seamlessly without any friction, um, it's gonna overall once again I think I, you know I, I'm I'm 100 confident it's gonna lead to a more beautiful world not not you know not you know not something that we have to that we have to fear uh, and I think uh, wanting to put controls in place isn't about wanting to help people or save people it's about just that wanting to control so uh once again i I think it's really about the technology itself being built in a way where the you know those things kind of become moot um that yeah that's that's my response to that
4: okay um i I agree with both of you guys um however i'm and, and this has always kind of troubled me all right so so i I'll give you another another anecdote is um there's another privacy project a great privacy project called particle um I guess there'll be some narrow guys and particle guys they're kind of cut from the same cloth old school kind of real retro crypto guys and at PIVX, we had an alliance with them, and we spoke about they built an um they built an online marketplace and the online marketplace was something like open bazaar but kind of built uh, on blockchain and all open source anyone can trade there and in reality it was a, it was the next step from uh, from dark web and there are and it, and this is just a fact there are some things on dark web that even privacy advocates do not want to allow there's exploitation of certain people certain groups there'll be exploitation of children and those sorts of things our, our technology will it will enable that it will um it will not only enable it but it will protect those sorts of behaviors and those sorts of actions it will give people who want to do those things uh, the financial safety to do it now unfortunately i feel that well, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Currently, we're at a stage now where privacy has really taken a, a, a massive leap. In the last six to twelve months, it's taken a massive leap. So we're looking at real technology that we can use on our mobile phones. Real technology with with uh, proof sizes small enough that we can we can get it done on our mobile phones with uh, devices as as weak as a Raspberry Pi. So it's it's available now. It's a real thing. We're going to at some point have to ask ourselves how we start to police things if we don't only police them financially and i've got no real problem asking the question the only problem is i don't think any of us are really in a position to provide the answers and i think that's something that we really have to start taking taking seriously it's all well and good looking towards the um the the utopian aspect and saying okay well everyone will have their sovereignty and everyone can do whatever they want to do but what if one person uses their sovereignty to go and abuse another and that's something i think that's a question that we really have to we have to start asking ourselves Uh, um if not now in the next six to twelve months because honestly gentlemen we, we we are there now like we're we're at that point so um so for me, that's kind of that's kind of how I how I feel on on the the criminal aspect. I think it's I think it's something that we need to start taking seriously because none of us wants to build this thing. And this is the the, the conversation I had with the guys at Particle. I said, "You're going to build this marketplace, and it's one thing to say we want to have it completely uncensored, but when these things start going on and we can't censor them, then what? Are we going to say we built a marketplace for people to go and do these things, and we stand by the marketplace because we want sovereignty?" For me. Sorry, no. For me personally, some people will say, "Oh, well, whatever." The 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 real question is, are we ready to ask ourselves those serious questions? And who do we involve in those questions? Because it has to, we have to bring in people f- from outside of our sphere. Because we're all, I like all three of us would have said, "No, there is no limit. Privacy is privacy. Go away. It's my own business." But at some point, we have to bring in the outsiders, and we have to have this discussion. And I think it will be a very difficult discussion, especially for us.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to clarify. So, obviously, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I do think, you know, we need to, we need to rely on, on police work, right? So, I mean, it's the way it's always traditionally been done. Um, I guess, you know, obviously, police work becomes more difficult with these technologies. Um, but it, it's, it's like the internet itself. I mean, the internet opened up all these, these new ways of communicating. And you know, police work obviously still happens. Um, it's you know, it's Monero. I just sim- I see as as a tool, uh, you know, and I and I do think it's I don't I don't I don't think the protection should be built into the technology. Um, but you know, all four police work happening around the technology and outside the technology, and you know, uh, you know, finding criminals that way. But I don't think it should ever be forced upon the technology to build things into it that would, uh, you know, essentially allow policing to happen. So I think that that's where I where I draw the line. So if we build this these this open source technology, this open source money that can be used to transfer value seamlessly, uh, you know, I don't think there should be any. Any mandates by by governments to essentially try to build surveillance tools into it, and I don't think it would happen anyway because it's really you know the the cypherpunks versus you know the governments trying to do it. Um, so it's really a, a moot question. So then it just becomes, well, do governments then try to make use of it illegal, and ultimately? You know the argument i would make if i you know one of the greater arguments i would make is is obviously not so much the privacy obviously we we all know that's important and why that's important you know preserving people's individuality but um just you know you don't want to be that country that's missing out on this technological evolution you know uh or revolution i mean you know uh the united states did very well with the internet and silicon valley um you know, look at New York. New York has essentially missed out on crypto. And it's it's a shame. I mean, the you know, the financial capital of the world created the bit license and it was they, 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 they really they, they really missed out. So an argument I would make to, to governments is more, you know, even more so from a, let's not miss out on the benefits of this technology and all the value it's going to create. Um, But yeah, ultimately, I don't think the technology itself should be forced to be uh, altered in any way for policing work. And I do think old-school policing can still take place as is. Would you guys agree that
1: um, in in such a case, like blockchain forensics firms that are analyzing and trying to find out who's uh, the person behind transactions, do you think this type of companies? should they exist? You're saying, you know, such technology shouldn't be built in, but it's okay if there's yeah. external policing. So I, yeah,
3: I, I, totally, I totally think they should exist. I see like a lot of times on Twitter and people arguing uh, they're angry about these companies tracing, you know, Bitcoin. And I mean, no, that, that, that's, that's, fu- that's the tech. Bitcoin was built the way it's built. If it, if it doesn't want to be traced, then it needs to become something else. Uh, you can't blame, you know, the market for using its ingenuity to to get value out of that technology. You know, these companies exist because of capitalism, right? It makes sense for them to exist or being whatever it is, being funded by banks, by government to go build these tools to go trace. Uh, You know, we're seeing the same kind of thing happen in with other with other coins, even with Monero, I don't know, Cypher Trace. I don't know if you guys heard of that. That's a tool that recently uh, was built, and supposedly it can be used to to um, somehow trace Monero, not definitively, but probabilistically. And, you know, and it's not really clear on how well it's doing it, but all for the fact that it exists. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, oh, no, you know, how dare they do that? that I mean, oh. that that's how these technologies improve. And because Monero is open source and is always – Always open to improving. It's going to continue to to pivot and iterate so that it, it can be protected from these outside forces. But yeah, me personally, I'm totally fine with those companies existing.
4: Okay, I like. Um, I feel that um, it's it's a good thing when they do exist and they don't get very far. Um, the cyber trace, I'm not sure. I think I know about of that one, and it's only. I think it w- will only exist until monero gets a little bit more traction and a few more people use it and then all of a sudden it's useless again so i wouldn't so much worry about that what i what i did want to to go back to was um was the, the last topic um and when you said about uh, about being forced to have uh people be able to look into or, or or the technology being forced to build in a certain way and um i don't i don't think those are the only two options i think there is a third option and i think it's possibly very likely to, to start to exist. Um, when I uh, go back to the story with Particle, what, what they what the, they spoke about, I'm not sure what they've done in the end, but what we spoke about was a way for the holders or a certain amount of the holders to in some ways either, um, either censor fully or to hide certain adverts that were on the blockchain so that it would become more difficult for you to, to uh, indulge in those sorts of things. I think with privacy, it's not been spoken about yet, yet, but it's something that's been swirling around in my mind for a few months. I think there could be a happy medium where you say um, it's down to the people who hold the token through some sort of DAO or something therein to uh, allow the privacies to be taken away from people on certain occasions. And I think the the real um, the real crux is here is that you have to allow people to come and go freely so what we are going to need is we're going to need a spectrum of i believe solutions so we're going to need some which are just okay this is what it is and if that's what you want that's where you go and i think we're also going to to need some which kind of um allow people to in some ways regulate what is happening with the technology that they've built i think that it's uh i think it may not be something that I'm, I'm personally into, but I think it's something where, I think privacy, privacy does have room to grow in, and I think, uh, yeah, I, think, I think there's room to grow in that direction.
1: All right, thanks, uh, thanks for your input here, and um, we're, we're gonna start the fire round of questions that we have had from the audience, and anybody who feels uh, confident enough to respond to it, just jump in and, and go ahead. Um, I'm not gonna point uh, fingers uh, for now, uh, and definitely the one that I would like to follow up at some point is how you guys can work together on creating a better privacy blockchain. Because CryptoSci mentioned something in that direction, so I, I'm I'm gonna be really interested to come back to that topic uh, in a, in a few minutes. So uh, let's let's start with one of the questions that we maybe partially answered uh, was partially inter- answered by Douglas, uh Regarding what would happen if all privacy coins became illegal everywhere in the world. So we would lose out on the innovation. Um, do you have any other ideas? What would happen if all privacy coins became illegal?
3: I, I mean, I think they, they may be illegal, but they would continue to exist, you know? Um, yeah. It's uh, kind of like the Streisand effect thing, right? So, I mean, as 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 more stringent laws are created against guns in this country, everybody runs to the store and tries to buy tries tries to buy guns. So, I think it would it would just bring attention to the technology, and people would say, "Oh, there must be value there uh, if governments are trying to thwart it." So, uh, I don't think ultimately it would it would stop it, and then maybe uh, you know, it's it's such a theoretical thing. I mean, you would never have it. Uh, all countries around the world agreeing to outlaw it so it, it would start to blossom in places i'm sure
1: all right good uh so uh, the next question we have is uh which privacy privacy coins give the option to pick whether you want your transaction to be public or private is there such one
3: I don't know if you guys want
4: to jump in. Uh, yeah, well, with uh with Pivx uh upcoming saplin uh update, you'll have the opportunity to go transparent if you want to go transparent and go private if you want to go private. Um there's there's I guess there's three schools of thought on this, just for people who are not too uh into privacy yet. There's a there's full-time privacy where no, no matter what you do, all of your transactions are going to be private. Uh, then there's um, I guess there's opt-in privacy where by default, your transactions are public, and you can opt in to be in private. Sorry, there's four types um there's opt out uh privacy where by default, you are using privacy um, that tends to be a little bit more strong than opt in because if more people are using the privacy option, then there's more fungibility, then the privacy generally works better and then finally there's um there's there's transparency so for for pivex uh yes we allow you to to decide if you want to be private or not. Um, I believe for the sapling update, we're going to have privacy on by default. So if you're not that savvy um, and you're just using the, the currency and you don't want to take, uh, I don't know, eight or so hours to learn what it is you need to do, as people always roll their eyes when you first introduce them to cryptocurrency, then your privacy is on by default. Um, so for us, it's on by default, but you get the choice. Um, I, I guess it will be different for the other guys. I'd like to add something.
2: Um, the problem with having a choice between being transparent and being private, I mean, you can do that with Bitcoin also. You can, uh, trend, you can do Bitcoin entirely private. It's possible. And you can do that with Zcash. And uh, if you say PIVX, not familiar, but um, the problem is that it immediately seems like you're guilty of something. That's the real issue. I mean, I I don't live in the United States, but where I live, the biggest uh, Bitcoin or crypto exchange we have here, it explicitly says if your coins, if your bitcoins ever participated in some kind of mixing service or something that provides you extra privacy, then you're automatically under suspicion and you, we don't want your coins. We don't want it. And the problem with going to choose is that that's the problem you know you immediately become a suspect you have to have to get real privacy you have to have privacy by default so that that's the most convenient option and that's the only option really
3: yeah I- I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm in Monero. I don't even really like the term privacy coins, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's like we don't call cash privacy money or privacy cash. It's it's cash. So the the goal with crypto was to, to, or at least my understanding of, you know, reading the Satoshi white paper and what I believe the crypto anarchists set out to do was to create digital cash, right? So I think... And you know, I think Monero currently, personally, I think it's doing it the best, and it's private by default. So, and every transaction uh, or every Monero equals every other Monero, and so it allows it to be fungible. This is really why, you know, on a technological level, why I am most interested in Monero. Privacy uh, is a is is a, um, a byproduct of that, uh, but really for the I, I believe. For this stuff to work, it needs to be fungible. You need every unit to equal every other unit. If you're if you're using it, uh, opting in, opting out, uh, you know, then every Bitcoin doesn't equal every other Bitcoin because you can blacklist these these Bitcoins that that are private. And uh, you know, like the gentleman was saying, you know, when when you do opt in, now you're you're flagged automatically as opposed to something. Like Monero, where everybody b- by default is using the same system, and one Monero always equals one one Monero. Uh, what Monero does have is the ability to show uh, a view key uh, to show transactions after the fact, if you want to. And I think this goes back to the question of you know being concerned about um, you know crimes that may take place and how how are governments going to deal with them? Well, you know you know. Good old police work will still will still exist. You know we have we have the Fourth Amendment. You know you got to go get a warrant. Then if you, you know if you think somebody did some crime and they use Monero to do it, the government's got to go get a warrant, and they'll say, hey, all right, we we want to go see your view key, we want to go see your Monero, just like you know old you know. So I I think I think all those things can still work while having a coin that is private by default.
4: Okay. Um- All right, so here's the thing. Uh, With PIVX, what we're using is we're using something called Sapling. Uh, Sapling is, uh, uh, it uses ZK-SNARKs. So they're what's known as, I'm just gonna go over this for the people who, who are watching who may not be up to date with privacy again. So they're what's known as zero knowledge. Now with zero knowledge things, we do have fungibility. We have extreme fungibility. When you decide to uh, even if we decide to opt into privacy what would happen is the the coins that you use they have no history so if an exchange says that your coins if they ever indulged in mixing or x y and z then they can't accept them with zero knowledge they they like good luck to them to try to find out the coins have no history they get they get created and then they get spent um i think or oh, 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 I do. I do agree that fungibility is everything. But the the thing is that when you're when you're when you're dealing with something like uh, like zero knowledge, it's it's the best realistic. Well, to me anyway, it's probably the best way to create fungibility. So what we're doing is we're not we're not mixing all the coins together and then hoping that someone doesn't unmix them, or we're not putting them into into a group and then hoping that in five to ten years time people can't break that group it's zero knowledge. So effectively, at the point where you make that spend, the, the connection between you and your history and where that money came from and where it went or all the dirty things that it could have done in its past, or all of the clean things it could have done in its past, the gifts you could have bought your wife, the gifts you could have bought you, uh, your, your, your neighbor's wife, all of that is all gone. So we do definitely have that fungibility and that's not something that is uh, critically broken by giving people the choice it's not critically broken by that so i think um in that in that sense we're possibly being a little too extreme of course i like and i will say and everybody knows um, and for the people who are, are watching it is important that if you do have a privacy project that the vast majority of the people that are on your project use the privacy and i think the way nero get around that is by they allow view keys if you want to view the way we would get around it is we'd say if you want to use non-private transactions then here's how you go about it. you have to follow these steps and most people aren't going to bother and also you have to make sure that the, the the private transactions are not more expensive than the public transactions in terms of uh, processing time, uh, processing power, and cost. So those are other things that we also need to, to consider. But but purely on a fungibility scale, um, you don't you don't have to be uh, completely extreme with it so that so that you can so that it works at all. There, there is a, there is a happy medium, and and we're proof of that.
1: Great. Thank you. So just before we jump into the last couple of questions, which I feel we've already covered a bit and seem like a good topic to continue with, uh, I would just like to remind the audience to check out uh, the Play Store and uh, iOS stores for the CryptoMood app, as well as go on Cryptomoot.com and check out our products there. Uh, you might be surprised with uh, what good uh, AI solutions we already have on the market and uh, things that might help you become a better trader in the future. Also, if you have questions, submit them. We're still collecting questions for our speakers right here. Um, what I would like to continue with is uh, the topic of fungibility. You already started talking about it. So uh, what do you guys think about it in general? Maybe CryptoSci, to you had a good a good thing going um, on there.
4: Yeah, so uh, fungibility it's it's uh, it's extremely important as far as privacy goes. Um, for me, I think it's it's probably uh, probably the second most important thing. Uh, previously, the most important thing was to make sure that you could you could have these transactions not cost the earth and not give you a bloated blockchain old pro- protocols like zero coin very expensive gave you a bloated uh, blo- bloated blockchain uh fungibility very important if you can erase the history of a coin and every coin is every coin then um yeah then as far as i'm concerned that's a win condition do you know what i mean so so yeah uh, fungibility is extremely important so that it does stop like a uh, like uh, john john bates i i forget his actual name now uh like he said that if these exchanges are going to behave and indulge in this chicanery and tell people that if you've done X, Y or Z in the past, which you may not have done, uh, it may have been the person who owned the coins before you who mixed them, and um, that they can't use them. I myself have used Coinbase and put coins on there only to know that I couldn't move them and all that kind of nonsense. And it's just it's ridiculous because the way cryptocurrency moves, especially when it starts to move quickly um, attacks on the, the the fungibility of, of, of coins, it's, it's not only annoying, but it's, um, I think it's against people's rights. It's, it's not something that they shouldn't do. So for me, yeah, fungibility is probably the, the, uh, the key, the key component to a good privacy protocol.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks for uh, your input there. Uh, Let's uh, cover the other two questions uh, the one that we already started specifically. How can privacy coin communities work together and support each other?
3: I just I just wanted to make one more comment. Can I make one more comment on fungibility? Yes, definitely. So, uh, I mean, one of the things, you know, often uh, Bitcoin is described as being digital gold, um, you know, and uh, I just If if we're gonna go use that analogy, I mean fungibility is essential, right? So, you know every every unit, every atom of gold equals every other atom of gold, right? So, I mean just like I said on on a technological level, I just think it's essential to the technology, and it's not about worrying whether or not you know outside companies uh, start to eat away at the fungibility. I think it needs to be built into the core protocol level, and every unit needs to equal every other unit. Uh, and if it doesn't, I just think the one that that does achieve that first and the best and reaches network effect is the one that will ultimately be used the widest uh, because it will kind of achieve that digital cash and digital gold status. Thank, thanks for uh, your input, Douglas. Uh,
1: Maybe uh, Poki can uh, answer the, other, the next question, which was regarding how can uh, privacy coin communities work better together and support each other as well.
2: Right. I'll take that question a little bit because it's something I want to talk about. And it relates, okay? I think that all of the privacy, cryptos, communities, the best thing they can do right now is to survive, okay? stay alive, survive, because this is not our time to shine. Right now we're building, we're trying, we're experimenting. It's not, it's not our spotlight. And I'll tell you a little, uh, some, not my theory, but I really like it. It's actually, uh, uh, some guy named uh, Brandon Arvanahi, I believe from uh, layer one capital, he published Layer one, sorry, he published a really great article called um, how decentralization dies, the killer concessions. I'm in love with that, uh, with his theory. Basically, uh, the, our whole decentralization movement, um, basically starting with Bitcoin and now crypto which just keeps growing, is a result of a very old-fashioned system of money. And not, it's like... It, Internet allows. For. And the good analogy for that is how the MP3 files used, the uh, like they were pretty much a revolution for the music industry. They made the transferring music very easy, very nice. But companies and the organizations didn't, didn't, didn't integrate it happens is a great decentralization movement, which was Napster and LimeWire and just also you know, I was a baby back then, but you know, I, read about it and um a big decentralization movement even to the fact that 40 percent of the entire music industry was piracy okay and the centralized services they just they tried to catch on but they they didn't make the the concessions they have to okay they didn't make it as easy and as comfortable and the analogy is that bitcoin right now is much more convenient in some way than the than the legacy systems right you can do borderless transacting like write to somebody's private key with no intermediaries and uh, you can basically be in sole control of your money and that's what actually people want right nobody actually wants privacy and censorship resistance people don't care about that usually it's, it's in the fringes right and once Uh, organizations and the centralized powers to see how they lose power how they lose control that's when they make what he calls the killer concessions right that's when itunes came up with the really nice the cheap way to get songs or when spotify came with his with her with uh, their freemium model which only then the piracy movement died down because it was just not convenient enough it stopped being convenient Compared to the centralized services and I think what's I'm talking a bit too much here, but I think what Bitcoin is Is, is this decentralization movement which will when it will reach its peak and it's a uh, power and Like take away a lot of the control of the legacy systems. That's when they'll make their concessions. That's when um, That's when we will return back to centralized systems, but there's a big but here, we will never see from them concessions about censorship resistance and privacy, which go hand in hand, right? And that's where we need to shine, I think, once the powers make concessions. And and basically, they will give the mainstream all that it wants. It will be all that it wants, basically, most people will use that. They don't need the trouble of uh, Bitcoin and whatever. But they will never get privacy and they will never get real censorship resistance and that's why we privacy coins are here and we need, we need to see that we get to that stage and, and we actually provide the fringe parts of society, hopefully not so fringe by them, but fringe sides of the society that actually really want privacy and censorship resistance and provide them to that. That was a really long answer, sorry
4: um yeah i i appreciate that answer um yeah that i i I'd, i agree um i've not actually heard that before but that's uh, actually quite true and i i do think along those lines um to answer to answer the question about how privacy projects can work together i think um i think first and foremost the first thing that people have to do when they're within their privacy projects is to venture out and i think that's the the single most difficult thing for somebody who's emotionally invested within a cryptocurrency to do um there are so many people who know so much about their crypto you know what i mean so um for example for me personally i i have to push myself to take time to go and say okay what what is monero what are these guys doing uh what type of people w- is within their community? Where are they planning to go within the next two to five years? The same with uh, Mimblewimble and, and Grin or Beam or those other types of privacy along those lines. I think that's the first thing we need to do. I think the second things we need to do if we're going to truly work together is we need to start taking um, DAOs seriously. We need to really start working on DAOs and we need to start treating DAOs like we treat children. So for example, the the oldest DAO, to my knowledge, real DAO is Dash. Uh, Dash is maybe seven years old and it's not setting the world on fire, but not very many seven year olds have. So it's still a baby. It's still very much centralized. It still needs that that crutch to help it move. The uh, similar with PIVX, we're a DAO, but we're young. What we have is we have a, a a protocol which I put in place. It's not actually a technical protocol. It's a social protocol called our alliances protocol what it does is it allows in a decentralized way our project to work with any other projects and that's how we came to be in an alliance with particle uh, another privacy project which actually uses ring ct same as monero so i think those types of things we have to do we have to Individually, we have to start to, to go out and we have to start to meet other people. I would love if these two gentlemen came to the PIVX Discord and hung around for a little while and started to get to know the project and see how we could work together, try to pick um, the good things that we've done and we, vice versa, will pick the good things that they've done. Um, during the time we've had this alliances project, our own project has gotten so much stronger in so many areas, so much stronger in so many areas. So I think that um, working together is not only a technological thing, uh, which which I, I will actually get to, because this is going to be a long answer, probably as long as Palky's, but also a social thing as well. I think it's very important. Uh, for example, Monero, I know for a fact to be very North American heavy, very, very North American heavy. and north america has a completely different attitude towards crypto than south america for example uh one of our developers uh, a guy named Furzy, he's from south america we were speaking once face to face and i happened to use the word liberty and the look on his face was completely different to how the look on another person from london's face would be if i said liberty to us uh, who really cares like we haven't really had situations where we've really felt our liberty has been taken away from us in such a way as as, as the South Americans have. So I think that that's that's the type of uh, um, social benefits you get from venturing outside. And then you don't have such an echo chamber. On a technological level, it's also interesting and important that we work together because there are such things as exploits. Obenero's um, had them, PIVX has had them. I'm not sure if Mimblewimble has had them yet. They should have by now. And if they haven't yet, they're still young you'll get your chance, you'll have them. When these occur, it's important and generally it's observed that you have responsible disclosure, that you make sure that you're not just saying, okay, this is going on, um, it's a free-for-all, let let these people go and do what they want and, and crash your networks. Also, with regards to privacy and protocols, it's important that to for my personal uh, belief and for PIVX is what the reason why we chose Sapling, is that you don't just go off on your own for the sake of going off on your own. We could have decided to make our own protocol from scratch, do the cryptography ourselves, release it and then hope it survived for two years. Instead, what we've done is we took what the electric coin company, the guys at Zcash had done and we've built it and modified it to work with our proof of stake protocol. I think that that type of working together, it yields uh really really strong crypto projects that can't be broken overnight um not to say that they can't be broken everything that man makes man can break but just to say that on a technological level it's extremely important because projects that work with other projects generally they get the synergy of two plus two equals five so um So yes, it's extremely important. And I think that we need to, all of us, all of our projects need to work more on DAOs so that it's not just the guys at the top, the early adopters, generally always male, generally always 30 plus, generally always got a certain um, kind of uh, financial status, generally all in a certain part of the developed world it's no good us being the ones who are the only people who can make the decision it it needs to be down to the people who are actually using the coin owning the coin and who come into the coin otherwise we can't build something for the world I, um, i can't be headstrong enough to think that some guy from london can know what everybody in all four corners of the world wants so um so yeah I tried to get through that as quickly as possible, and I'm sure I missed some bits out. But yeah, that's how how important I think working together is.
3: Yeah, I I just see it as, uh, you know, the pursuit for creating digital cash. And, you know, it's kind of like an arms race. Um, You know, I I mean, I I know that's Monero, the Monero ecosystem. I know that's what they're trying to achieve. Um, And, you know, I don't think it's so much, you know, working together, uh, I think I think the competition is good. You know, I think I think it's a, it's a, it's more so about the competition. I think that's what's going to lead to to the best product. Um, you know, I, I don't think we need uh, people being toxic towards each other. You know, that that's not helping anything. Uh, but but obviously the competition is great, and that's what we're seeing. And we have all these little projects that are trying to uh, test out little little iterations of things and uh you know i think the 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 best ones are are ultimately going to rise to the top the ones that in my opinion the ones that most truly uh mimic digital cash is going to be one of them i mean there'll be a few other use cases um and uh yeah i think I, i don't think it's so much about working together i think it's about uh you know, if you if you if you think Monero is the one, go work on Monero. If you think it's Pivx, go work on that. Obviously, if if you're smart, you'll keep an eye on the other ones, right? So Monero is you know uh, kind of prides itself in being uh, a community that's always looking at its own technology and questioning it. We have uh, breaking Monero. I don't know if you guys ever heard. It's a series of videos uh, that. Um, Justin in the community and Serang do. Uh, Serang is is one of the uh, developers and and mathematicians, cryptographers behind Monero. And it's a whole series on what what's potentially wrong with Monero, and they're always questioning it. Uh, And then there's skepticism, I think skepticism Sundays on Monero. Uh, So the community has built into its culture. Uh, let's not assume that we we are the best. Unlike something like Bitcoin, that's already like put the flag in and said, you know, we we we're digital gold. Uh, it's always questioning and kind of taking, trying to take a scientific approach. Obviously, there's those that are entrenched. You know, uh, you know, I try to be as biased as possible, but you know, I'll admit it. You know, it's it's you know, I, I'm human, right? So, um, but so I guess my, my 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 answer is, I think the competition's it's great. It's more about competition, uh, cooperation, trying to get the crypto community coins to cooperate. It's, I don't think it's really a, so much about that. It's, you know, made the, made the best projects win, you know? And, uh, if, if you want to be, if you want to just go care about your own project, uh, and not look at anything else, it's probably going to end up being to your own detriment. So, um, yeah, I would just say competition's good, and it's it's very pure in crypto. I mean, it's 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 unlike any other technology I think we've seen. I mean, there's there's new ones popping up all the time, and I, I think it's great. And I think you know things are going to naturally weed themselves out, and I'm I'm all for the competition. Awesome! Thanks for all the input, uh, guys. Thank you
1: for participating today. This would be basically our last words, uh, and uh, I believe. It- was a nice conversation, we're getting feedback from the audience uh, that they enjoyed, this, especially the last uh, few discussions that, that we just had. So, uh, this would be everything. Thanks again for your input. To everyone still watching, check us out on uh, social media, and come to our website, check the products, and don't forget, next week, uh, Cryptomood is organizing the DeFi panel, so uh, look forward to getting more details about that. Thank you for Uh, all your contributions uh, guest uh, speakers and for actually the price for the best question we're going to announce that on social media right after uh, we wrap up this session and thanks to the audience for submitting uh, the great questions this was it and uh, have a have a good evening day and wherever you are around the world
2: bye-bye you been a pleasure thank you
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an Alexa device, you can tell it to listen to the latest episode of the Monero Talk podcast. Go to monerotalk.live slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter,